Good morning, good morning. My name is Chris. If we've not had the chance to meet, I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon Church. And we are just so grateful that you're taking time this weekend to worship with us, whether you're here in person or you're joining us online. Uh, we're just grateful that you're here with us today. Uh, we're in the middle of a series called I Quit. And um, in this, this beginning part of the year, we want to focus on on how we are a part of healing in the world. It's something that we feel like we've needed in our own lives. And so this January, the, the things in our, in our personal lives and our spiritual lives that we need to quit to start the new year well. And then coming up in February, we're going to be doing a series on relationships, so how we can heal our relationships with our family, our friends, our, our partners, our spouses. And so I, I just want to plant that seed right now that it's an exciting series uh, that's going to be coming up in February about how we heal our relationships. And so I want to invite you to start thinking about who you want to invite, who you need to start healing relationships, who needs to be in the room here with us to start hearing these messages. Um, so today we're going to be talking about I quit living in fear. And there are two fears that we are born with. Um, and the first fear that we're born with is that we fear loud noises as a young child. And the second fear is, is the fear of falling. So loud noises and falling. And if you've ever held a baby and they've, there's been a, a door slam, some sort of loud noise, you, you've, you've probably seen that like arms shoot out and then there's like this like delayed kind of quiver and then the, the screaming starts, right? From birth, we have these two fears, a fear of falling and a fear of loud noises. But yet then from zero to seven, we're like an absolute sponge of fear because we can't really figure out what is truth and what is just something that we're creating in our head. And so it's in this, this seven-year range that we begin to pick up all these other fears in life that we carry with us the rest of our lives. And so for some of us, it might be a, a, a fear of the dark. Um, I kind of still have this fear, to be honest with you. I don't like being out at night uh, with no lights on in the woods. Um, please give me a flashlight. Uh, my children are probably not far from me. They like a good flashlight, a nightlight in the rooms. Uh, my daughter likes the whole thing lit up like... It's the 4th of July at night. I don't know how she sleeps. Uh, but it keeps that fear of the dark away for her. Um, or maybe you had a fear of what, like the boogeyman that lived in the closet or under your bed, right? And so you, when you would go to bed, there would be like a special way you had to like get in bed. And like you would literally like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. And you'd like run and jump over like that crack because something might come out and grab you. Or you had to have the door, like my son David, he has to have the closet door like shut all the way closed. Like there cannot be like a little crack because that little crack, it might come out. That's where the fear is, right? Or for some of us, maybe it's uh, a fear of spiders. Who still has a fear of spiders, right? Yeah, yeah, there's a, a lot of those. Gosh, it can be like the nicest, like most helpful spider and if you, like, walk into, like, a spider web, like, it's, like, right? Like, it is, like, get this thing off me. Like, I don't know what this thing is, but I am scared to death right now. Uh, gosh, my other fear, I think, that I still have sometimes is if you're ever in a bathroom and there's a shower curtain and it's closed and you're, like, is that just the air turning on and it starts like kind of blowing the shower curtain and there's like that rustling sound and you're like, wait, is someone in the shower, like behind that shower curtain right now? And you're like, luckily I've been watching Cobra Kai and I can like, I know some moves right now and you're going to like pull it open 
and you're like, it's on, right? And we have these irrational fears that we, we learn as a young child and we, we carry with us for the rest of our lives. And sometimes they can be just absolutely paralyzing to live with. Today we're going to be talking about the four most common fears that we have and how we can deal with them in, in light of God's word in our lives. And so the first fear that we have is a fear of rejection. A fear of rejection. Y'all, we are in a middle school. In fact, this is the place where I went to middle school. Like, there, this place just reeks of the fear of rejection, right? Like, absolutely every single day, kids live in fear of being rejected, about being not cool, of being the outcast. They feel being rejected on that date, that, that middle school dance that takes place just like right over here, that fear of rejection. It's real, and we still live with it today even as we get older, right? We want to have the job that makes us feel like we're on the inside. We buy the car that makes us feel like we're cool still as adults. We get the haircut. We part our hair down the middle now, not on the side anymore, because we want to be a part of the in crowd, right? This fear of rejection stays with us for all our lives. For some of us, it's the second fear that we have is an absolute just fear of the unknown. We don't know what might happen tomorrow, but something bad's going to happen, right? Something bad's coming down the pipe. The rug's going to be pulled out from under me. I don't even know what it is yet, but I am going to fear it, and it's going to take over my life. For some of us, it's a fear that we might lose our job tomorrow. We might walk in, we might lose our job. We have that doctor visit, and I, I've just not been feeling great, and it's going to be the worst possible diagnosis, and we start Googling all the possible things, what this might mean, and sure, this, like, it's the worst case scenario, right? We have these fears. The third fear that's most common is a fear of loss, a fear of loss. We've prayed so hard for these children, and I, I, I just live in fear that I might lose one of my, my children. They might die. Or we fear we've grown up without a lot of money, and we know what hard times mean. And so we fear the loss of a job, because the loss of the job means loss of a paycheck to be able to pay the bills. Or maybe we've grown up like that, and that's not our reality anymore, but we still live in fear that it's all going to be taken away, and we're going to lose the financial security that we have. Or our spouse is going to leave us and we're going to lose that relationship. We live in a fear of that kind of loss every single day. And then I think the one that is probably most common in my own life is the fear of just being inadequate. A fear of failing, right? Have you ever felt this way that you're just not good enough? That you're not smart enough. This is that, that, that imposter syndrome that people talk about. The fear of not being good enough. Of not being smart enough. And so for some of us that means we don't even want to play the game. We don't even get on the field because we know we're going to strike out, right? We live in that kind of fear to not even take the risk. I've been wanting to start a business, but I'm not going to do it because I don't want to fail. 
I don't want to take that big risk. I don't want to, to be in front of everyone. Or I don't think I can go back to school because I'm just not smart enough. And we live within these fears that are in our head. And they go on and on and on. And so I want to read these words from Paul. Paul writes to us in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. I think these words are, are too good not to, to read together. So if you can go back to that, actually. Yeah, let's all read these together real quick. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Different translation. I apologize. God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? Do you hear that? God has not given us a spirit of fear. What has give, God given us? God has given us a spirit of power of love and of sound mind, of self-control. And it's these things that God gives us. Yet so many of us, so many of us live each and every day filled with the fear. The fear that makes us worry. The fear that makes us anxious. The fear that just absolutely paralyzes us. But yet God gave us a spirit of power. He gave us a spirit of power and yet that is how we live. So today, today can be the day that we quit living in fear because God has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. And you may have, have heard it said that the opposite of fear is faith. And to be completely honest with you, I, I think it's possible that fear and faith are on opposite sides. It kind of maybe makes sense. It sort of makes sense. But I want to tell you today that I believe that fear is faith in the wrong things. Faith in the wrong things. Fear is faith in the wrong things. And when we look at the story of Moses and Exodus... You may have heard of this story where Moses goes and God is speaking to Moses in a burning bush. And the bush is not consumed. And he tells Moses, I've got a great job for you. You are going to lead my people out of slavery, into freedom. You're going to do this. And this, this is what Moses says back to God. What if they don't believe me? What if they don't believe me? Or listen to me. What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you, right? What if, what if God, what if God, Moses begins playing this what if game with God and saying, what if, what if, what if? And God asks Moses, what is it that's in your hand? And Moses tells him he has a staff in his hand, the shepherd's staff. And he tells him to throw it down, and the staff becomes a snake. And God says, this 
is a sign that I am with you, that there is a spirit of power that is with you, a spirit of love, of sound mind that is with you. But yet we play these what-if games, and they always seem to go to the worst-case scenario playing out, right? It's always the worst thing that's going to happen. Like, we never go, what if, like, I walk out of here and I win the lottery, right? Like, that's never, like, really what happens. I think the only time I ever play this what-if game, and it, like, in my head at the moment, is, like, this is going to be great, is when in August I, I draft my fantasy football team, right? And I've got, like, the best team ever. Like, I've got every position stacked. Like, it is literally, like, the point... Uh, like projection, like I have the highest point projection because I'm all about the metrics of like anyone in the league. Like this is going to be the best team ever and like this is just going to be an absolute dynasty and everyone's going to be talking about the year I won fantasy football in 2021. But that never happens though. But in that moment, that's about the only time I can ever think that I'm like, man, what if, and it's going to be great. But we always go to the what if and we go to all the things that are going to be wrong with our what ifs. And so we do that. We play this what if game each and every day. What if inflation keeps going up and the economy drops? Like, what's going to happen? What about my health? What if, what if my best years are behind me? What if my spouse cheats on me? What if it all just falls apart? What if I get in a wreck walking out of here? What if my kids get hurt, what if, what if, and we play this game over and over again, and we, we even just get to the point where our faith is actually in the what ifs, the what ifs become our faith, and so you might be saying like, why do these what ifs even matter, why do they matter, because when we put our faith in the what ifs, and we start to fear these what ifs actually, it begins to show us what we actually value in our lives. And so we tend to, to put our what-ifs around, you know, our marriage, our relationships, our children, our job. And, you know, what if? We, these, these are all, like, important things that we generally place our value in, right? Like, our relationships, our job, our kids, these are all great, actually, things typically to, to put some value in, right? But what happens when we place our value in them and we begin to recognize that what if, is that I think you have to ask a second question, is then how much do you trust God with these things? How much then are we trusting God with our marriage? How much are we trusting God with our children, with our job? Are we trusting God to protect these things? Are we trusting God to protect them? So today, I think we need to, to be honest. What is it that area that I'm not trusting God? I'm not trusting God with fill in the blank. I'm not trusting God with blank. For me, I, I can answer this succinctly. I'm not trusting God with my future. 
And it stems really from that, that fear of inadequacy, that, that I am not enough. That I'm not enough. That I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. And so often in my, my life with my family, I, I don't feel like I'm a good enough father. I'm not a good enough husband. And I, I live in that fear, and I, I just create that whole narrative around my life. I don't know if I'm always good enough pastor to lead. For me, that's my fear that I don't trust God enough. And I let the fear, the what if of inadequacy rule my life. Those are all things that I care about and I want to have value in my life. But do I trust God to protect those things? And so I want to give you two ways that, that we can move forward today once we've named that place in our life that we're not trusting God. And so... I want to tell you a little bit about a guy named, you may have heard about before, King David. So David, when he was younger in his life, he'd been told that he was going to be king. But yet there was still another guy that was actually still the king at this point named Saul. And Saul didn't really like this young and up and coming king that was going to take his job. And so he set out to actually murder David so he would never take over the throne from him. And so David writes in Psalm 56 these words. If I can get to it, there we go. In Psalm 56, verse 2, he says, I'm constantly hounded by those who slander me, and many are boldly attacking me. Like, people are actually after him and, and really trying to kill him. These aren't just, like, some um, made-up story of, like, how he feels that day from... Some people like talking bad about him like behind his back. Like these things are actually happening to David. And he says, but when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do? What can mere mortals do? So to acknowledge, to, to face his fear, the first thing that David does is he acknowledges it. He names it just like we just did. And then he chooses to trust. I will put my trust in you. I will put my trust in you. And when I acknowledge my fear and I put my trust in you, what can mere mortals do to me, right? What can mere mortals do to me? They can seek after my life. David says, they can seek after my life, but at the end of the day, what can they do? They can't do anything. And so after we acknowledge and trust, the second step to quit living in fear is then to seek God. Psalm 34 tells us, I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord. And so if you are living a life that's full of those what ifs, the fear of inadequacy, the fear of rejection, the fear of loss, the fear of the unknown, if you are living with those fears each and every day, I have to ask you, are you seeking the Lord? Are you regularly being a part of worship with other people? Are you regularly praying and reading scripture? Are you regularly a part of a small group? Are you serving one another? Are you seeking God's face in service? 
Are you seeking God? Because it's there that we begin to find God when we seek after. It's there that our fear and those what-ifs are transformed into the faith and trust in God. I want to read you this quote uh, by John Wesley. Uh, so he was the founder of the Methodist movement, a movement of small groups of revival across England in the 18th century. And he said this, I have never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear. Like, sign me up right there. I have never known more, like, because that's not my life. I've never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear. And listen, this is what he, this is what he says he does. Whenever I fear, feel fearful emotions overtaking me, Whenever I feel it. So you know, you know when those feelings start coming on, right? When those feelings start coming on, I just close my eyes and thank God that he is still on the throne. Reigning over everything and I take comfort in his control over the affairs of my life. So he says, when I feel that feeling coming on, I pause. I close my eyes. And I remember that God is still God. That God is bigger than my fears. And God is in control of my life right now. I never have more than 15 minutes of fear and anxiety in my life. Back when we lived in Nashville, I, through Erica's encouragement, uh, went to visit someone on death row. His name's Nick, um, and he is, is, he's been on death row since, I think, 2007. And it, there's, I, I'm not going to get into the whole scripture, but there's definitely some clear indications that Jesus tells us to go to the prisons and visit those that are in prison. And I had never done that in my whole life. And I absolutely remember the first time I went to visit Nick. Because my only understanding of what prison was like was because uh, I'm a huge, uh, there's nothing better in the world than like an afternoon, especially a rainy afternoon, of watching like a Law and Order marathon and like taking a nap on the couch. Like that is like my ideal like afternoon right there. And the only understanding I had of what a prison would, would be like was from Law and Order. And there are a lot of creaking doors and like bells and things and you get locked in uh, like double-sided, like you have bars on each side of you as you pass through different corridors. And I remember the first time going, and I was absolutely trembling. Like my whole body was just shaking because I had a fear of the unknown. I had no idea what was going to be on the other side once that next gate opened, the next door opened, the next creaky sound. I had no idea what it was going to be like. I had no idea what Nick was going to be like. Like, in my head, I, like, was trying to convince myself that it wasn't going to be, like, Hannibal Lecter on the other side, right? I had absolute fear. Fear of the unknown. I didn't know what the other side was going to be like. And I lived in that. And it overtook my whole body. Like, I was sweating. But yet, at the same time, I was freezing cold. And I, like, wanted a jacket. I couldn't, like, even, like... Probably as I'm doing right now. Like, I literally couldn't put words together because I was so nervous about meeting Nick for the first time. I had no idea what it was going to be like. And I wish I had known these words today. 
to pause, to acknowledge that I was fearful of the unknown, that I was going to place my trust in God, because what can mere mortals do? I was living out what Jesus told us to do, to go and visit those imprisoned and seek him out. I wish I had taken time that day to pause, to close my eyes, and acknowledge that God is God. Satan wants to keep us in bondage, but God wants to set us free. So, this week, are we going to acknowledge that we live in fear and begin to put our faith not in the what-ifs, but in the God of the universe, the God that loves you, that cares about you, that is going to protect you and keep you safe. So would you pray with me? Gracious God, we are so thankful for all the good things you bring into our lives. And we admit there are so many things in our life that distract us from you. So many things that, that weigh us down, that keep us fearful, they create anxiety and worry and prevent us from taking a step. God, would you release us from those fears, those doubts today so that we can take a step and live without that fear, that we may begin to trust you, to know you more fully this week. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.